Once again, the Greg Proof Film Club confabulates here in Los Feliz, most exciting movie theater, the Los Feliz 3. The American Cinematheque, yes. Uh, LA's uh, most, uh, whoa, uh, I almost dropped my phone there. there. There's some excitement. The American Cinematheque providing awesome films. Uh, 200 days a week and 5,000 days a year here in Los Angeles. Even during this inclement weather, we're once again at the Los Feliz 3 here tonight to celebrate the 2007 classic uh, by Aaron Cullerin, um, The Band's Visit. Hooray, we'll applaud there. Thank you very much for coming out tonight. It's been hideously unseasonable weather here in sunny California. Uh, I have a friend visiting uh, who's from Canada, and he's like, yeah. Uh, you come down from Canada, and there's one thing you expect in L.A. Well, two things you expect. Uh, um, unattached sex and complete shallowness. But, <laughs> and uh, possibly people lying to you over lunch. But the other thing you expect is, uh, uh, is uh, sunshine, and it's not really materializing. We are having uh, what the uh, weather down here likes to refer to as the storm of the century. Uh, for people who live elsewhere, uh, which is a lot of the people who are listening to the, or living the podcast right now, a lot of us live it each moment, uh, listening to the podcast elsewhere. Say, for instance, you lived in Michigan. Say something awful happened in a previous life and you were forced to live in Michigan. Say you were living there. Um, this wouldn't seem like the storm of the century to you. This would seem like any old goddamn weekend in Kalamazoo in February is what it would seem like. It really, really would. Um, but we're very sensitive here in Los Angeles. We have sensitive feelings. Uh, as Goldie Hawn says in the First Wives Club, a lot of us are performers. We have all the feelings. Uh, and so we can feel sad. Uh, and then, of course, in the rain, uh, Angelinos get certain feelings, like they're very, very angry that you're not running over the pedestrian you don't see, or they're extraordinarily angry that you've taken their space at Ralph's, uh, and they have, thank you, and they have to let you know. Uh, or maybe they've bumped ahead of you in the queue uh, at the Fat Burger in the car park there. And um, uh, you need to know that in uh, Los Angeles, uh, like where, where you live, uh, I know I used Michigan before, but let's pick another uh, place where someone might be listening to the show. Say, say um, Rhode Island, which is um, a paltry, insignificant state with no power whatsoever that really we shouldn't be listening to at any point, much like South Dakota. I'm so tired of California having to knuckle under and bow down um, to other states' uh, opinions. Um, and, you know, I mean, we have 40 million people here and two senators. Uh, here's my answer to that. Fuck and you, okay? Listen, there's no reason Wyoming should have an equal amount of senators than us, other than uh, the country was founded by icky slave owners who beat people when they were angry at them. And now here we are in Hollywood, where we have the people who run the industry almost exactly the same way. So... That was a joke. You can feel free to laugh there. Feel free to laugh there. I know a lot of you are in show business, so you don't want to get in trouble or whatever. Don't worry. No one's identified your voice or who you are. As far as I know, you're anonymous in the crowd unless you want to yell your name out or whatever. My name's Jerry. I'm a screenwriter. I have something to turn around. I live in Studio City. Then you're all right. Although you don't live in Studio City, I know. Uh, if you're a screenwriter and you're here tonight, you live in fucking uh, Silver Lake. Yeah. And you go to Little Doms to treat yourself. Uh, so anyways, here we are in this terrible weather. And if you lived in Rhode Island, uh, where the entire state is run by the mafia, including like the priesthood, um, 
it's a, a, a dinky little state. It's a jot. It's an iota. It's an afterthought. It's a scintilla. Uh, there are elements in the high 100s that last longer than Rhode Island. There's adhesive on one side of a highland. That's how small it is. That would make it a postage stamp. I'd I'll be doing other jokes about things you haven't used in 35 years as the evening goes on. Um, you wouldn't feel that this is very harsh weather because you would uh, uh, not be a Californian. But we're very, as I say, sensitive to the moisture here. Uh, because if it's wet out, we can't do all the things that we have to do, like walk up Runyon Canyon or whatever. <laughs> or go to the beach, or uh, sit outside and drink coffee and pretend to work on stuff. <laughs> all the things that we like to do, uh, and go to dispensaries and whatnot. Uh, and I don't, uh, you know, I just don't, I, it's not that I hate other states. I've been to all of the other states. Uh, um, I've been to South Dakota many times, and it's a lovely place, except for the, all of the white people there and the governor. Um, but it, other than that, it's a nice place. But I don't really want them to have an equal say in the nation's uh, future. I don't want to vote the way they vote in South Dakota. I want to poke a scorpion with a stick until the, you know, the stinger points at the white guy. That's not democracy to me. I don't want to throw a stone into a ring of fire. Um, <laughs> Uh, so here we are, and uh, thank you for coming out tonight. This movie is about uh, compassion and kindness and humanity, so you can see how very, very little it has to do with show business. Uh, again, perhaps that came down a little harsh. I know a lot of people here in show business, and you're like, I'm kind and compassionate. Then why were you honking at me at the end and out you fucking dick? <laughs> I can't move any faster, all right? The car's in front of me. I was at the In-N-Out once, trapped behind a car with a car behind me, and the woman was laying on it behind me, just laying on it. And finally I went, I can't go forward. And she yelled, and this is the ultimate in LA logic, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and then you realize it doesn't matter. It, it didn't matter that she couldn't move forward. What mattered to that she was um, wildly angry and, was, and needed to express that by honking at me. Is this vodka or water? Let's just test. I think it's water. Someone went, no. From out there, you can tell? Here, let's, let me just... It used to be vodka. And uh, now I think it's a... No, it's eau de cologne now. Uh... So locating you on the map here, we're over here. I have a giant globe on stage, ladies and gentlemen, to describe it to you in California. And today's movie takes place over here, right there in Israel. Uh, now, Israel is what they call the Middle East. And uh, you may remember a, a magnificent poet, educator. Uh, some call him the, the godfather of rap. Um, he was also a jazz musician. His name was Gil Scott Heron. And Gil Scott Heron was one of the most pertinent and cogent artists this country ever produced. Um, after uh, Amiri Baraka and after the Lost Poets and after those uh, uh, groundbreaking uh, black artists and before Run DMC and Public Enemy and whatnot, um, uh, Gil Scott Heron was laying it down. And he had a lot of great... Um, uh, rhymes and songs about lots of different things. One was called uh, Have You Heard About Johannesburg, which was a song about apartheid. And then another one that was extraordinarily pertinent that I think of from time to time when you see the waste going on in the world called Whitey's on the Moon. And um, one of the lines is, my sister got bit by a rat last night and Whitey's on the moon. He, he, he wrote it about uh, white people going to the moon and not thinking about the things that are going on here. 
Mm. which is something we can all relate to and something that I think is very pertinent considering the causes that people get behind and whatnot. Uh, why do you bring up Gil Scott Heron? Because he had this brilliant line where he uh, started to talk about the way the white news and media characterizes uh, uh, geography. And he said, I remember when Egypt was in Africa and then they moved it to the Middle East, <laughs> which is a great line. So uh, this movie is about Egyptians and Israelis, and we would call them all Middle Easterners. However, Egypt, you'll find, conveniently located right here in Africa, uh, and Israel right across the sea there in um, Israel. Um, so uh, the, it, it, it occurs to me that we characterize things that way. I was in, for instance, uh, I've gone around um, and done a bunch of USO shows in what we would call the Middle East. And we were, thank you. Uh, I don't require applause for it. It was my pleasure. And uh, obviously the troops deserve everything, right? Because they call their life Groundhog Day, for reals. Because they have to get up and do the same goddamn thing every day. And we were in all sorts of places. We were in um, 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 Prince Sultan base, uh, and uh, Saudi Arabia, ask, I can talk about it now, it's been 20 years and all. Uh, this was at the beginning of the uh, first, um, uh, the war that, we, that Joe Biden ended, the Afghan war. Uh, this was after the Afghanistan war and before the Iraq war. Those two wars that proved that white people really need unbounded wealth to feel good about themselves. Uh, there wasn't a lot of reason to fight either of those wars other than Dick Cheney didn't feel like he had enough spending money at the time. Uh, and by the way, he's not a war criminal. Uh, he lives in some place in Wyoming. I'm sure there's a, a gigantic enclosure where people throw fish to him and he, arr, 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 you know, because he's Dick Cheney and he's, his family called him the walrus. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. His daughter, Lynn, who you know, uh, and then Maui, uh, the one there's the, that was the former congressperson from Wyoming until she proved to not be psychotic enough to be in the Republican Party. Um, she was chucked out ceremoniously of uh, her post. By the way, there are no congressional districts in Wyoming. Like here, for instance, we've got our Adam Schiff, our Ted Lieu, right? And then we're going to have the election coming up, and Adam Schiff is likely to be our next senator from this state, which will give us another Jew. Uh, to follow the uh, Diane Feinstein, and of course, when I was uh, a little bit younger, it was Barbara Boxer and Diane Feinstein. California had two Jewish women as their representatives. Now, this may not mean a lot to you, and you may be like, "Well, what are you talking about?" But imagine you're listening to the show in Texas. Now, do you get the idea? Imagining you're listening to the show in Florida or 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 Alabama. If you're listening in Georgia, you're like, "Hey, we've got a Jewish guy and a black guy, so look at us." But that took a long time to get there, and it doesn't happen overnight. It is extraordinarily pertinent uh, who represents whom. And this another uh, issue that this movie is extraordinarily um, deft in bringing to the fore. This is not, I would say, a political movie in so much as a charming pastiche. It actually has warmth and humanity and uh, covers a lot of ground without any polemic or diatribe which is something that I think you'll find up till now I've been incapable of doing. Um, <laughs> my opinions are a little too uh, formed to, to make a film that has no point of view uh, without being absolutely lovely like this picture is here. Um, I think that, um, whoa, Jesus Christ. Does anyone else's phone on? 
we're having a flood alert. Sorry. Did anyone hear that? That came right through my ear. I'm sorry, you guys. The National Weather Service, and by the way, for the people listening to this podcast, what an exciting moment for them. (laughs) That the National Weather Service popped right into this show here to tell us a flash flood warning is effect for this area. By the way, the area that we're recording this is called Los Feliz, ladies and gentlemen. That means the fleas, I think? Or the good lux, is it? The, the lucky area? The area of lux? Uh, uh, and uh, all that's here in Los Feliz is uh, um, a couple coffee shops, a little bistro down the street, a flowist, uh, a Bank of America, and a fat burger. So I just, I think we're going to be okay uh, with the flash flood warning. But uh, of course, there's people who are in great danger. But I like when it says this area on your phone, because you're like, LA is bigger than fucking Nebraska, okay? <laughs> That's the other thing. People go like, oh my God. Uh, you know, you watch these, re- like we're in an election year right now, just to give you some context for the people who are listening. We're in an election year, and they just had an election in Iowa, and then another one in Nevada way. And uh, they'll go, oh, my God, it was, you know, this huge percentage of people voted in Iowa. They, it was, you know, 40,000 people. And you're like, there's 40,000 people waiting at the light in my neighborhood. You know what I mean? I can't get into the CVS because there's 40,000 people in the parking lot. So shut up, you dinky little insignificant states. Get 10 million people all living in one area that we call the Southland. And then when you watch the news, they'll go, well, in Snorkelopic County, you're like, where's that? They're like, cave country. You're like, there's no place to call cave country down here. And then sure as fuck, there is a place called cave country. And you're like, where's that? And they're like, oh, cave country. And why is it an inland empire? Who's the emperor of it? When did we elect a Maximilian to be the emperor of the inland empire? I've been there. It does not seem empirical in any way, nor do I find guards marching up and down or any kind of bands or turrets with flags snapping in the breeze, nor have I ever seen a a, a phalanx of horsemen coming toward me. No empire at all, as far as I can see. I want it to look like Ron by Kurosawa. You know, just red flags everywhere and people with half moons on their helmets and whatnot. Inland Empire is a bunch of dudes shooting at yield signs because they're high on meth. Uh, Anyway, we have that here. And we've just had a flood alert, so I hope we're okay in the theater here. Fortunately, we're on the high ground. We're in between the hamburger stand and the bookstore here, so we're, we're looking pretty good. Another thing I wanted to uh, briefly discuss is uh, humor. Are you going to use it in your show? Not particularly, but I think it's a very important item since I'm a comedian. Um, Humor can really uh, help uh, things along and alleviate a lot of things. And it's a really groovy way to sell things, as is metaphor. Now, years ago, I was in Edinburgh, Scotland, uh, doing a a talk show. And we had on all sorts of guests, Candace Bushnell, who wrote Sex in the City, who is hilariously exactly like you'd think she would be. Her big tip for if you had a party was be sure there's extra cigarettes in case people run out. Which, thank you. 
I thought it was awesome. Uh, and I remember I had a tin of, um, of Altoids. And before the show, I said, Candace, do you want an Altoid? And she started to reach, and I had some codeine in the box, too. And I went, those are codeine. And she went, ah. And I thought, yeah, of course she would. Of course she would. Um, but one of the guests I had on was a, a French-Canadian uh, author who was very sexy. He had that leathery skin like all of the moisture in his body had been sucked out by cigarettes. And he was really good looking and he, uh, and he had, you know, that French-Canadian accent, the kind of one where they talk like this, you know. Uh, yeah. And he had written a book about going to... Um, uh, 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 Rwanda during the terrible, terrible uh, conflagration there, right? And it was a, uh, he was there for when the Hutus and the Tutsis were having at each other in what was properly a genocide, right? Against different people. And um, uh, it was a novel, and it was a romance novel. And this man was a journalist. And I said to him, how come you didn't write uh, a first-person account of what you saw there? Wouldn't that have been a more effective way to talk about the issue. And he said, Greg, metaphor is very powerful. He said to me, I'll stop doing the accent. He said, um, uh, uh, Schindler's List got more people to think about the Holocaust than any documentary. And someone went, hmm, which means you took it on board. And I appreciate that. And I would agree with that. Uh, I don't think it's the end all and be all that metaphor uh, and art su supplant everything else. Certainly there's room for documentaries, um, but I would agree that uh, something like Schindler's List gets more people uh, to the yard, as it were, uh, than if I tell you there's gonna be a big Holocaust festival next weekend. Uh, that's not really gonna get people partying and, I'm sorry, I didn't even hear what you said, but I'm busy. Um, the, uh, I'll handle the show from here out. Uh, the, uh, uh, so I, I, I believe in that, and that's why I think this picture is so very effective, because rather than actually uh, address the face of things, uh, we're talking about art here. And Aaron Coleran has made a lot of pictures. This was his first picture. But I want to talk a little bit ever so briefly about Ronit Elkabitz, who is the lead actress in this picture. She's no longer with us. She's swirling in the heavens. Um, and she had a very interesting career. Her parents were Moroccan Jews. And there are Jews from everywhere. There's Jews up here. Um, there's Jews all over the audience. Uh, but people go, oh, all Jews are from one place. They're not. Why aren't they from one place? Because we were thrown out of the place we were from and made to live around the world and stuff like that. If you don't know about that, you really ought to educate yourself. It's called the diaspora. And um, there was people like, oh, I don't know. Uh, let's go back. Uh, the pharaohs, Nebuchadnezzar. They, you know, they had a little issue. And so they had to move the Jews out. The Roman Empire, for instance, you, you might have heard of that. You might have heard of Masada and the Battle of Jerusalem and whatnot. When you go to Rome and you go to the Forum in Rome, there's a beautiful uh, field and it's got runes on it. And then there's the columns and whatnot over to the side of Trajan's column, whatever. And then there's an enormous triumphant arch, just like there is in Paris, right? The one that Napoleon made in Paris L'Arc de Triomphe is based on all of the Roman ones that are there. And the Roman one that's right next to the Forum in, uh, 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 in Rome is um, the, uh, the Suppression of the Jews arch. And someone went, hmm, uh, food for thought. <laughs> 
my wife and I were there. We were having a wonderful time in Rome, being treated like shit by some of the Romans. And um, I'm, just, I'm joking, of course. They're very nice, unless you're you know, not from there. And then they, no, they, it was fun. It was good fun. But we went to the arch, and um, all of a sudden, you see people carrying menorahs and all sorts of Jewish artifacts. And it was like, oh my god, they built an actual arch to wiping out the Jews. Um, yeah, so uh, I'd like you to keep that in mind, that there's always history, of course, uh, written by the victors, but also uh, there is such a thing as, uh, uh, you know, taking things a little too far. Um, Elka, Elkabetz, excuse me, Ronald Elkabetz, um, what started as a, a model and then ended up as a, she's the beautiful actress in this picture, and she went on to make... Um, and write her own pictures, including a movie about how oppressive um, rabbinical law is in Israel against women. And the last picture was a movie called Gats, and it was about um, a woman trying to get out of a terrible marriage in Israel. So there's every kind of perspective, and what I'm getting at is uh, it's important to sort of look at everything, all, uh, maybe not all at once, but bit by bit, and try to take things on board. Um, one person's oppressor is another person's uh, hero, and one person's terrorist is another person's hero, in many instances. We seem to have drifted from the comedy somewhat, and so let me come back uh, to this point before we start this picture in a second here. Um, I was in a, a, a Turkey with my, where, are you ever at home? No. Uh, and it drives people in LA crazy. I don't know if any of the rest of you uh, ever go to meetings or anything in LA uh, or talk to other show business people, but people in LA are desperate to keep you in LA all of the time. And if you tell them you're going somewhere else, they're like, well, when are you coming back? Like there's no way back if you leave, like Hansel and Gretel. You'd, you'd better leave a trail of like union stubs all the way somewhere because you're never going to find your way back to the haunt enchanted castle where someone is ready to eat you. Um, also, people from Hollywood call LA here no matter where they are. Like for instance, I I, at that same Edinburgh festival, um, Jennifer, what's the name of that act? Oh, Aidan Quinn. Um, by the way, Jennifer curates all the pictures. My wife is here, and uh, Jennifer and I work on this uh, film club together. Clearly, she doesn't help with the writing as much as she should, but the, uh, 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 she picks all the pictures, and we were interviewing Aidan Quinn, and Aidan Quinn said, have you ever noticed that, and he never lived in L.A., by the way, he never lived in Hollywood. He's from Chicago. He lived in Chicago. I'm sure he lived here to work on stuff. Um, he said, they always say here, because we were talking about show business people in Edinburgh, Scotland, who'd go, well, you know, when you're here, and they meant L.A., but we weren't here. We were in Scotland, but they always mean here, because there is only here. There goes Jupiter. There goes Mars. Oh, look, the entire universe revolves around us. Uh, so when people come from elsewhere or don't live here or decide to go somewhere, because I'll go, I'm going on the road for three weeks, and people will be like, well, when are you coming back? And it's like, it's okay. L.A. will still be here when I come back. There will still be a room full of assholes waiting to say no to me the minute I come back. They're not dispersing because I left. Um, and that was supposed to be a joke, but you've all taken it so bloody seriously now. Um, uh, and so I was in Turkey, 
And I was, at the time, we were living in San Francisco, and I had done this radio show uh, up there, this is a long time ago, called um, The Alex Bennett Show. And Alex Bennett had all these comics on in the morning. It was when radio was awesome. And it, radio was on in the morning, and everybody listened to it, and there was this, the new wave station, which this was. It was like, you know, all, all boys don't cry by the cure, like every minute of the day. When they would do the Memorial Day Roundup, and it was the 100 greatest songs of all time, the last song was always Boys Don't Cry. And um, have I lost you with The Cure? <laughs> Surely you've heard of The Cure. Uh, um, and then Monday I was sentenced out, Tuesday I was body pop, Wednesday I went to see the band's visit, and Friday I'm in love. Um, <laughs> So the, uh, this was that station, so there was a lot of that jazz. And then uh, 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 Alex interviewed comics in the morning, and I met so many filmmakers on his show. I met Agnista Holland, uh, I met uh, the actor Dennis Farina, I met Eric Stoltz, um, I met, God, whatever his name was, the guy who directed Tremors of all fucking movies. Um, I had to hold Dunstan from Dunstan Checks In, the orangutan on my lap, it was horrible. And by the way, if you're gonna watch the We Are The World documentary that Lionel Richie made, the best line in the movie so far is he goes, I'm working on the song We Are The World with Michael Jackson, and Michael goes, here's Bubbles, do you wanna hold him? And Lionel Richie goes, I don't wanna hold the chimp. And that's the, my favorite line in the whole movie. Because he was speaking in the second person, Michael said this, Michael said that, and then all of a sudden he switches to, I don't want to hold the chimp, which is what I want on my tombstone. I did not want to hold Dunstan. And by the way, Dunstan wasn't particularly enamored of holding me, although he took it very well at the time, I thought. Um, if I can assess an orangutan's feelings. I mean, we've come this far, and I think at this point you can trust me when I tell you that I looked into the eyes of an orangutan, and he looked at me quizzically. Like, why are you holding me? Um, so, uh, 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 Robert Wise was on the show, and Robert Wise is a, a director of immense proportions in American history, a little undersung, in my opinion, uh, like Alan Pakula or, or Sidney Lumet. A lot of pictures that Scorsese should have, could have made, or Coppola, or, or other directors to get loads and loads of credit, they really made a lot of wonderful pictures. Robert Wise made Odds Against Tomorrow, Diatribe Against Racism. He made uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still, a movie absolutely about the annihilation of mankind and nuclear war. He made uh, uh, the, the Racket about um, uh, corruption and uh, uh, the organized crime in boxing. And of course he made West Side Story and The Sound of Music. And so I met him in San Francisco, and he also made Star Trek the movie. And this will give you an idea of where Alex was coming from. Alex goes, so you made Star Trek the movie. And Robert Wise is like. <laughs> Robert Wise was the editor of Citizen Kane. That's when he started in film. He did not ask him about Citizen Kane. He asked him about Star Trek the movie. And Robert Wise went, they showed me some videotapes of the show, and I didn't like it. And I thought that was hilarious. So, cut to, I'm in Istanbul. Two weeks after, I've met Robert Wise on the radio station in the morning. And I brought up The Sand Pebbles, which is a movie, which is an allegory about Vietnam. It's America and China in the 20s with Steve McQueen and Candace Bergen. And uh, it's a, a one, and that wonderful uh, Japanese actor, Mako. 
Oh, and the other one, whose name I'm blowing it. Anyway, in any case, it's an it's a, it's a interesting and long motion picture. Kind of precedes Apocalypse Now in a lot of ways. When you watch The Sand Pebbles, it's a giant boat journey up a river and everything gets worse and worse and worse and crazier. So now we're at the highest of fear. And um, we're, uh, my wife and I are with this other couple who uh, the guide goes, do you mind if this other couple joins us? And we went, no. And they were a Puerto Rican couple, just as so happens. And they were middle-aged and, and kind of rich. So we took a tour of Hagia Sophia. Now we're in the gift shop, and there's Robert Wise. What are the fucking chances, right? He was there to get the golden yak or something, like turkeys. Turkey's third highest honor and, you know, whatever. No, it was, I think it was the golden apple. So I swear to you, Turkey's film mad, like Iran, like Israel, you know, like Egypt, like, right? The whole world's film mad. Inja. So, uh, and I said Inja just to be a complete dick. Um, to be a British person. The Himalayas, uh, the Caribbean. Um, there's Robert Wise. And I walk over to him and I go, hi, Robert, how are you? And he goes, hello, Greg. Because he was pretty snappy. And I introduce him. I go, this is, uh, uh, we've just met them, you see. Uh, this is Carmen and Siho. And he's like, hi, how are you? And they meet him. We chat for a minute. We talk to his driver. Then he splits. He, I go, why are you here? He says, I'm getting an award, da, da, da. Well, I said, well, we'll watch it on telly, blah. So he leaves. And I turn to the Port uh, Puerto Rican couple and I go, um, that man directed uh, West Side Story. And <laughs> Siho, the man, goes, Rita Marino! <laughs> so if you don't think metaphor and art are powerful, and, uh, and, and then he went, that little man? That, <laughs> like you have to be big to direct a movie. That little man directed West Side Story? And I'm like, yes, that little man. So here we are uh, with tonight's 2007 uh, classic, directed and written by Aaron Coleran, The Band's Visit. Thank <laughs> you.